What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with people who have dating red flags and guys who walk around with tote bags. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get Big Factin'. Let's get no capping. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. As a child, did you feel a lot of pressure from society to like hubba bubba that you just didn't feel like you could beat the expectations? Because I did. No, I think I had that more like cookie crisp. Like cookies for breakfast? And I was like, I mean, yeah, they're all right. Yeah, they really weren't that good. The concept was so much more tantalizing than the execution. Yeah. There were stuff like that that was supposed to be a special treat that I remember thinking, like, should I fake excitement for this? Because that's what the world wants from me as a child. Hmm. And you did? I don't think so. I wasn't that type of kid. Hmm. So hard to please. The one so hard. My big one as a kid was McDonald's. I thought that was the fucking bee's knees, and I was always like, McDonald's. I was like one of those kids that was chanting it as we drove by. Like, come on, Mom and Dad, McDonald's. And I always made it seem like the reason they didn't go was because it was an inconvenience, not because they wanted to feed me healthy. I'd be like, it's right there. Just pull over. It's no big deal. It's not even that expensive. They have a dollar menu now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that was that conceived while we were <laughs> while we were young? I think it was. I, th- I remember commercials for it and being like, come on, it's just a dollar. Let's go. Maybe that's true. Um, yeah, you've talked about this before, your love of McDonald's. I uh, I think my mom was a real, like, you, do you see those things online where it's like, I'll take my kids, they'll be screaming for McDonald's, so I'll go to the drive-thru, order myself a coffee, and then that's it. <laughs> and then that's just the a John Mulaney joke, or is that a- Is that a John Mulaney joke? Oh, I've seen that more in, like, a uh, meme format. I've been on a, a binge of re-listening to old episodes because I was making the uh, full spreadsheet of what themes we've done so we can finally get answers as to have we done this theme before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did listen to the Hypocrites episode where I made fun of other people's comedy and that that one New York Times etiquette column about uh, a guy on my Facebook steals jokes from comedians <laughs> and posts them <laughs> as his own with no credit. And man, that was a riot. Go back to listen. Go back and listen to that one if you have the time. No cap. How long? I felt like that has happened for so long, but I do distinctly remember us talking about who we wanted to take over for Jon Stewart on the pod, which I guess we've been doing this for three years, but was it three years ago that that happened? Or were we talking about like Trevor Noah's replacement and it just hasn't happened yet? I don't remember. Well, it's not going to be Hassan Minaj anymore. No, no, no. That poor boy. All he did was Davis tell jokes. Up. He made funny stories up hilarious funny stories just like every comedian just little goof ups when george carlin was like i spilled acid on my baby girl we all remember that classic george carlin bit but a white man can do it an old white man can do it everybody gets upset when hassan minaj does it and a little brown boy does it when george carlin went on stage and was like my baby fell into a bucket my of baby. acid she became a goo now i just <laughs> now i'm just raising a bucket of goo <laughs> And that's why you gotta vote Democrat. <laughs> and the audience all clapped lightly. Yeah, the New York Times gave it a raving review. So what's new with you, Paul? I got a uh, a refurbished 
2021 Kindle for $70. And so I've been reading some books on it. Okay. Okay. And you're not one of those. I just like to feel the paper on my, on my fingers while I'm reading. I was just reading a sci-fi book that I'd uh, gotten. Have you, have you seen this? Have you heard about this Adrian? The, uh, the thing where it tells you what other people are highlighting in a book. Oh, I don't like that. I mean, it tells you like, oh, 10,000 people have highlighted this section. I was reading The Obelisk Gate. It's like part two in this three-part sci-fi trilogy. Yeah. And oh my god, dude, people are so dumb. Getting to see what other people highlighted, and you could turn it off, but at one point I turned it back on because it made such a good, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, when there's a comedic beat to make to break the tension, it really helped mm-hmm. to break the tension to see what dumb shit people decided was important to highlight yeah i don't like that at all it's the type of sci-fi like i could get it for maybe like a a more technical book but it's the type of like sci-fi story where like you're clearly reading it for like the plot characters and lore like Mm -hmm. not for like oh the profound concepts but Mm -hmm. (laughs) dude the shit people highlight it'll be like literally like you'll be reading it'll be like one character it's like and i knew that i had to protect my daughter at all costs It'll be like, that's highlight. They're going to get like, that tattooed. Uh, what sort of dumb shit are people like, oh, that's profound. That's important. Can, Let me- can you turn off it tracking you highlighting stuff? Or is this meant to be a social component? Or I don't know. I didn't check if you could turn off its tracking capabilities. You could definitely turn off seeing other people's highlights. Man, I really hate that idea. Whoever came up with that needs to be fired. I mean, it only shows you, I think, once it's hit a threshold. It's only like 10,000 highlights. Nine, you mm-hmm. know, like... I think the reason I, I feel so scandalized about it is that it is one of my personal... When you were reading Huck Finn, you only highlighted the N-word, and now you're worried people are going to find out? No, I think that was you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do have I do have issues lending out books of mine where I've taken notes and underlined stuff, because I'm like, ooh, what if they think the th- stuff that I underlined was dumb? I don't want to give them this <laughs> copy of my book. <laughs> Would you ever highlight, like, I've never even really thought to highlight, like, a fantasy or, like, oh, non-lit yeah, yeah. book. You know, I'm just kind of reading yeah. this to read them. Yeah, yeah, no. It, I mean, most of the books that I'd share with people are probably some kind of, like, theory book or whatever. So gotcha. that's where the, the thing kicks in, where it's like, oh, wow, Adrian really thought this was the interesting part of this book? I have the same thing, but I'm not so embarrassed by what I was highlighting. It's by how, like, Bad, bad my lines on. <laughs> yeah. How uneven <laughs> yeah, I have my too, straight how lines I underline. are. I don't highlight, I underline. I prefer that. I think it just... <laughs> Do you ever accidentally, it makes it look like you could cross something out and then you try to like fix it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a copy of Capital with a page ripped out from me trying to fix a... <laughs> I, I then That's went <laughs> to re-underline and it just like pulled the page out by the seam and I was like, okay. <laughs> And that's the most important page, too. <laughs> yeah. It was the one where he was like, and it's actually really important to vote for centrist Democrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you got the Kindle. Glad you're reading more. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. How about you? I got a couple things. Uh, let's see. Um, been listening to a little bit of music. Got a recommendation. Uh, Faith is a Rock. Mm. Uh, yeah, good album. Wiki. Uh, Mike. Alchemist. Uh, real easy listen, real fun. Check out Mayor is a Cop. That's probably one of the highlights of the album. Um, I think every rapper with a high-pitched voice, we're just going to have this issue where 
you at one point told me they were corny and you hated them and that you grew to like them because you told me you disliked Wiki when I first showed them to, to you. And obviously we have that narrative with Danny Brown too. I mean, I don't too. think disliking one song that you showed me, man. I mean, Danny Brown, I was like, I actively find this annoying. Wiki, I was like, I just don't like this song, Scrambled Eggs or whatever. Uh, No, I showed you Mayor. Oh, uh, okay. Well, know. he's upgraded to Mayor as a cop. Um, let's see. Yesterday, I went to go watch a little improv show with my little undergrad. He, uh, it was his first time seeing a comedy show as an adult or whatever. I, I don't know actually what the parameters were. It was the first time going to a comedy show, uh, which I guess Paul would have taken him to go see like written stand up. Uh, I'm an improv boy. I wanted him to go see some nice improv comedy, a little, you know, a little ephemeral nature to it. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna be a beautiful night. And it was, it was, uh, the intro is pretty long. They did do a lot of talking to the audience. And I had to like nudge him for a little bit and be like, this is, this usually takes, this is usually quicker, <laughs> but we'll get to the comedy <laughs> eventually. Um, cause they let one guy, like there was one guy who, and I've never actually seen this, but you have to imagine it happens all the time where they were asking him questions and they're truly, they're clearly trying to wrap up his portion of asking the audience member questions. <laughs> and he's kind of like a guy who's a little bit tipsy, who just wants to talk or whatever. Um, but anyways, they used some of his stuff. It was pretty funny with improv. I feel like there has to be an epidemic of this point of, like, having to avoid when you ask the crowd to shout something out. The Dildo? one, like, anti-woke guy in the crowd is just like, no. you're trans! <laughs> give me <laughs> a like, location. G- give, me, give me a character. Trans! Location. <laughs> January 6th. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I guess comedy is for everybody, so you think there would be those kind of people there. But no, nothing like that. Mostly just drunk people. Location. Immigrant crisis on the border. <laughs> detention camp at the border uh hillary clinton's emails <laughs> uh no they don't get a lot of that it's pretty it's pretty low-key um but we went to a restaurant beforehand i kind of just picked one that was close by uh it's a little southern restaurant and i made the mistake of telling the waiter when he asked do you have any allergies i was like yeah i have a shrimp allergy um and he was like all right cool don't get anything fried because that's all cross-contaminated with shrimp and i was like i don't feel like explaining to him that like it would probably be okay so i got like a a, a, a vegan like uh, black bean burger thing but for the side i couldn't get fries obviously or he wasn't gonna let me he was gonna fucking heisman me while i was trying to eat those fries <laughs> um so i was like how much does it cost to like upgrade the side to, like a mac and cheese or something and he was like oh, i'll do it for free since it's an allergy thing and i was like hell yeah brother give me some cheese grits too <laughs> let's go ahead and throw all that on there <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was just all right. It wasn't, it wasn't amazing, but it was, yeah, that was nice of him. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, yeah, just watching all the Milan games still. Like, I mean, I specifically chose which times I'm teaching this quarter based on being able to watch all of the Champions League games on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, having my schedule clear for that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, there's, there's two things that like when I meet Milan fans in real life, I I can kind of tell that they're like. Uh, sticking points or like division points for people. So one is that I'm slightly anti our coach. And uh, when I was talking to the guys that I met at the bar like a week or two ago, uh, they were kind of like, oh, you're one of those or whatever. And I was like, hey, give me an argument. G- give me an argument of why you should stay. <laughs> um, I guess besides the fact that there's no one available right now who's better. So like, let's let him let him do let him cook for a little bit. But come on, we're getting out coached right now. But the other one is the rise of a little boy named Yasin Adli, who uh, has been on the team for two years. Never gets a starting role, never gets a sub role. It just seems like the coach hates him. Just a whole bunch of like inside conspiracies about like, what the fuck did he do to the coach? <laughs> like, what is he doing in practice? Um, and he's, he's been able to start the last two games and he's been brilliant. He's been great. He's finally getting his little redemption arc. And uh, I hope I don't uh, sound stupid in a year from now, but I'm very excited to see uh, where he goes from here. So cool. Shout out to Yasin Adley. Yeah. Number seven. 
See, big number, and yet I never play that kid. I'll tell you what. Uh, okay, yeah. What about uh, anything else? Any other stories? Any other uh, experiential roundups? Uh, I got the vaccine, and it made me feel really sick. Mm. On a Saturday, no less. I know. Not fair. And this is the vaccine against the woke virus, or what is this? Is the virus woke, or is the vaccine woke? Or is the virus fake, and the vaccine is woke? It's hard to keep up at this point. I don't know. <laughs> it's a mind virus. How do you how do you vaccinate against that? Location Wuhan 2020. <laughs> Wet market in Wuhan. <laughs> and did you already do your media roundup? You didn't have any media. Yeah, yeah, I had the album and the, uh, the album. Yeah, a couple of things. You know, that's about it. <coughs> I finished uh, uh, Res Dogs, um, which. Had a very like subtle ending. I, I don't know if I can really say that I loved it or hated it, but you know it was it was good, good enough. Cool. Yeah. Should we get into the theme then? Yeah. Let's do it, bro. Oh, red flags. Red flags. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you you didn't want to do this for the third segment, but I did ask around to get a few people's red flags. If you want to hear them, some of those. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. We got one from Nicole. Um. Guys who care too much about their car. Ooh. Which I let her know famously Tina Fey is also on record having that same red flag. Yeah. Okay, well, good to know Jay Leno couldn't get it. One less person to be worried about, Pierce. Mm-hmm. You seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> um, I feel bad because this is the second time I'm making fun of Marshalls, but conservatives, conservatives of any kind, and then someone who talks bad about their parents. And I was like, conservatives, but also those who refuse to honor thy mother and father. <laughs> like, what kind of combo is that? <laughs> um, and then his last one is won't disclose anything about past relationships or just calls their ex crazy. Okay, Marshall, you're asking for body counts on the first date. And if they don't give them, you're like, red flag. How many I don't men think have that's you slept with? That's I, really important to me. <laughs> I don't think that's what that one means. I'm not I know that's not that what he one. meant because Marshall's a woke king, but I do like attacking him on that very... <laughs> on that very facetious basis um yeah which those all seem like reasonable ones i think i also have the conservative one i'm i mean honestly sometimes liberals also kind of like a for me okay but what if she's the type of conservative where she's just really into guns that's kind of hot at least i know i'm protected what if she's like a paleo conservative and she's like i just want to go back to you know oh you mean like an anarcho-primitivist <laughs> yeah like an anarcho-primitivist she just wants to go is that back considered to conservative i guess I technically <laughs> i don't know you're not um, like okay that's kind of hot though is it kind of hot i don't it know why unhygienic. i'm trying to pop holes in this logic <laughs> no you're right a conservative is a red flag uh and then someone who's who uh someone who dates a lot obviously my sister had some strong opinions i think only about men though nothing about dating women um when he talks badly about his mother so apparently parental respect big thing with uh I get that too because it does put me off because I don't relate to it but I also try to be open-minded to the fact that some people do have like narcissistic parents and it's kind of yeah I've been on record saying that I think a lot of parents are shitty that makes sense to me yeah it's kind of hard to insist that other people have a like a lucky upbringing you know they can't really control if they just had shitty parents but I guess maybe it's also like be classy enough to understand that like you can't just open with my mom's a cunt yeah yeah well, I'm sure for Doralee, it's probably been like, uh, me and my mom don't talk or something like that. She's like, ooh, that's a red flag. I'm going to keep that in the back of my head. Um, the other two were uh, men with sandals and socks and men with tote bags. Um, but yeah, so those are the ones that I was able to get from the community. And uh, so parental respect, uh, politics, uh, and fashion choices. 
Uh, I agree with the conservative one. I think that's a red flag. I also, one of my big ones is picky eater. Hmm. Ooh, po, 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 po. I don't think I could date someone who's a chicken tenders only person, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess that's not a red flag. That's just like maybe a boundary is a different way to describe that. I, I guess it doesn't make oh, me think they're a bad person. Oh, you're just using therapy speak to make people feel bad for eating nuggies? I think it's a toxic trait. I think it's a toxic narcissistic trait to be a picky eater. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you have and you were like being self-aware about it, but you're like, no, I'm no. going on the offensive. <laughs> I think it's gaslighting to be a picky I'm putting, eater. <laughs> I'm putting that into the preferences category, but not a red flag category. Okay, yeah, no, I, I feel you. Now that I've thought about it more, it's probably more yeah. just like a preference. It, every ex of theirs being a piece of shit's a big red flag. If they've had Ooh. 10 exes and all of them were evil, narcissistic abusers. But what if they have like seven evil ex-boyfriends? <laughs> Red flag. Oh, sorry, see, Scott. seven evil exes, specifically not boyfriends. Sorry, SP. That's that's a red flag. Well, that'd be Ramona who has that, not uh, not Scott. No, it, it's a, but I'm sorry to Scott because he shouldn't date her because that's a red flag. Uh, well, I got you know that's a good that's a good point to to begin with. Is is a red flag for you? Is, does that is that defined as like an automatic no, or is that defined as like a uh, a keep that in my back pocket? As like if I see enough of these, I got to get out of here. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess people say them like different ways. I've I've heard some people really try to expand on this paradigm and be like, oh, red flag is no go. Yellow flag is like enough of them are. Oh, really? I think yeah. I know the new thing is like the ick or whatever. Uh. Yeah. If he's wearing, if he has a tote bag, that's a nick, ladies. Honestly, maybe as a society as a whole, we need to take a page out of the, like, douchey bros book and just move back to a more simple binary. Like, when they decided the numbers were too confusing and they just needed to go with a wood-wooden binary mm. for rating women. You don't think it's like a multi-dimensional hyperspace where maybe some can cancel each other out? <laughs> I, like, do you have any red red flags that are like one hundred percent? Like, there's nothing they could change my mind. I think the conservative one might be one for me. I guess the conservative one. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of things, but they're like, which this is another thing about the echo chamber of our podcast. But the number of people who might be listening right now who are like, wow, they wouldn't date a conservative. That's so messed up of them. I remember in elementary school, I was the one person in a class of 20 people <laughs> oh, when the yeah. teacher asked us if we would marry somebody who was a different religion than us that said yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Everybody else was like, nope, wouldn't stand for that shit. I'd rather get cheated on by my Baptist husband than have an atheist as a husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening are judging. Specifically, I think that's something that, and I know you don't like bringing this in, but I think that's something that your brother has called you out for. Oh, yeah. My brother was really upset when he uh, found my Bumble once, like, through a friend of a friend. Uh, and he was like, oh, why don't you message that girl? Like, what a funny story that, like, she knew somebody who knew me. And I was like, mm. I don't know. I, I, th I think I swiped right a little fast now that I'm looking back through her profile. It says she's Ooh. conservative. <laughs> and he was like, well, you're not going to give her a chance because she's conservative. And I'm like, Yeah. No, I'm not going to give her a chance because she's conservative. Yeah. Uh, mine, which is obviously not going to be a surprise to anybody who listens to this podcast. I don't know what um, uh, prompt it is on Bumble, but the one that gets the response of like, don't be surprised when or something like that, where it's like, we go on a walk and I stop to pet every single dog we see. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're not we're not compatible. <laughs> Ooh. which i guess i don't know is that boundary is that red flag i don't know but to me that's like you're not the kind of person that i'm gonna like 
Yeah, I guess to me, red flag sounds like you're judging the person. If it's something that you don't think makes them a bad person, but just makes you too incompatible, I guess that's less of a red flag and more of like a preference. Mm. So like the dog yeah. thing, I don't think that makes anybody a bad person. It just makes me think like, oh, maybe like as somebody who doesn't really care for dogs, that might make me yeah, seem like- Yeah, I mean, but that's what I saw when I was looking at advice columns for today was like, you know, it's a red flag if he's controlling. And it's like, yeah, that's just being a bad person. Like, yeah, of course <laughs> that's a red flag. What do you mean? I thought they're supposed to be more subtle or like revealing than like, he's an actively controlling, manipulative person. <laughs> yeah, when you were asking me, what are your red flags? And I was thinking like, there's definitely a ton of them, but it's just like- probably too like ethereal to like mm. say it in a like snippy fun like ooh girl that's a red flag sort mm. of way like i he definitely puts his phone face down on the table oh yeah yeah, yeah. But, like i definitely have things where it's like the person if it feels like they're not really listening or just responding mm. to something i didn't even say like obviously that's a red flag but like that's not like i don't know that's not like a fun like sort of thing mm-hmm yeah, if they seem, like, uncaring or mean, like, I don't know, there was definitely a trend, I feel like more artsy people, like, a trend of being, like, kind of mean in their bio. Like, you're not good enough for me going into the bio ahead of time. It's like, I get that it's sort of a joke, but there's something about it that seems so, like, smug that it's just like, I'm gonna swipe left. Mm. Like, yeah, I feel that. Jokey confidence that goes too far where it's like, are you even a real person or are you just, like, in your own asshole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? I don't want to date somebody who's a character. You know what I mean? And there's definitely a lot of people who seem like they're playing character. So I think like too much of a put on personality is a red flag for me. Okay. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like I don't have a lot of experience with that, but I get what you're saying. Uh, I think I noticed it was like girls who I would think were like back when I was single who I would think were cute, but then I would like read their bio. And, and now that like, you're not single, just... you don't think anybody else is cute. Brother, me and Mike Pence have been, uh, uh, in our med club, have been discussing this, and we only got <laughs> yeah, eyes for yeah. our ladies. That makes sense. You guys are good men. Like, if you read somebody's bio, and it seems like too much of a character, or a put-on, or just like a... Then it's like, okay, I don't know. I feel like you're probably not gonna like me either, because I'm never gonna be that cool. I'm never gonna be cool enough to be like, oh yeah, I'm sarcastic. I'm like a real sort of sarcastic guy. That's my thing. Yeah, it's gonna sound like an Aaron Sorkin TV show when we talk back and forth. I'm gonna be doing quips and snarky replies. I didn't write out a list before we did this. I, I was kind of hoping that our guest uh, features were gonna uh, push this forward a little bit more, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, red flag when he pulls the fire alarm at the Capitol, ladies? That's a red flag. Hey, come on now. I was thinking before we had a third segment picked out, I was like, can we just do a topical tip for Jamal Bobin? That's so weird. He did that. What a weird guy. Oh, man. Should we do any kind of uh, in memoriam segment for uh, Diane Feinstein? It's been a long time day without you, my friend, Diane Feinstein. <laughs> and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. I think my favorite comment about it was just like, well, at least she got to spend her last years relaxing and being in retirement and spending time <laughs> with her family and doing all the things you'd want to do after you're done working. Did you see that one person? I think it was Ken Klippenstein made a joke making fun of her aides and employees. And they were like, mm -hmm. wow, taking a cheap shot at grieving staffers on the eve of a shutdown. It's not It's not untrue. On the eve of a government shutdown. <laughs> The most, <laughs> the most sensitive time for staffers. Most sensitive time of year. Oh, man.
All right, I think we should refocus. Okay, red flags, red flags. Uh, there's a there's red a flag. rich He has a podcast. Am I right, lady? I mean, come on. Oh yeah, what do you think are some red flags about you? Because honestly, I kind of get that one. If someone was like, "I don't want to date you," you have a podcast and you don't go to therapy, I'd be like, "Yeah, fair enough." What are some red flags about me? Ooh, I don't dance. I feel like that's kind of a red flag. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say earlier as I was uh, um, killing some time with a stupid Jubilee video that was like a real like guys rate girls type thing. Um, And so they were asking them for red flags and beige flags, um, which I guess is what you were getting into about creating a science of like what color flag uh, you need to to describe the human experience and what we bring to the table. Um, But yeah, multiple of the women uh, were like, oh, I don't party. That's my red flag. Like, I don't like going out. I like like a good night for me is drinking tea and reading a book. That's so obviously like uh, my biggest fault is that I'm too attention oriented. It's just a real like not like the other girls type thing. Yeah. My red flag is I exercise my mind more than my body. Ooh, see, what I do is I, I make fierce the body and I, <laughs> fuck, what's the quote? <laughs> I sharpen the mind, make fierce the body. <laughs> no, it's educate the mind, make savage the body. I don't know. Ooh, I was going to say, I feel like a real recent type of thing that people say will be like certain things you're a fan of, like ladies, if he's a fan of like Jordan Peterson or oh, Andrew, Andrew Tate, Tate Red Flag. Yeah, I agree with all what, those. What are your versions of that? Like, uh, if she's into female dating strategies, Red Flag. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I forgot I was going to bring that in. That should have been a main topic of the conversation. You still haven't really processed that trauma yet. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely didn't have that on like two episodes ago where you're we talking about you being emasculated for having a, a sleeping mask. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, wait, is this about me again or is this outward again? Am I saying? Well, what, what sort of thing could women like that you'd be like, that's a red flag? <sighs> Probably like astrology, to be honest. I know that's mm. a bad one. No, I've had good experiences with exes who like astrology. They're usually actually pretty cool. All right. I'll take it off the list then. This is probably slightly a different question, but I know people sometimes ask, like, who was a person who you were kind of into and then you learned something about them and, like, immediately switched? Uh, Or, like, the, like, the, the, like, attraction switch just, like, turned completely off. Um, One that happened to me was it was a person who I thought was kind of cute. Um, and then they DJed and their taste in music was so bad that I was like immediately like glasses off or whatever, like shades off. I was like, oof, I can, yeah, no, can't do that. I think bad would even be okay with me if it was bad in a way that I was like, I just don't get it. Like if it was no, like, no, it was they like liked... modern fallout boy. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. say if like they liked stuff that was like obscure, but like just not a good sound to my ear, I'd be like just some outsider hey. art. Different different strokes for different folks, but if uh, yeah. if they really just like like I don't know what what, what do you call them like MGK's pop my punk Roser. album, <laughs> yeah MGK's pop punk album and Wait, backseat of my backseat Rover. on my Roser oh backseat of my Rover Chainsmokers them oh yeah that does suck yeah then I no, guess yeah. that's like different that was the first example I thought of when uh, someone brought up that question I was like yeah that was a big one for me. If they were just listening to some like weird, obscure Eastern European shit I didn't understand, I'd be like, hey, that's kind of cool. Really? Hey, not for me. I like to know the lyrics or whatever. That's why I don't listen to that screamo garbage. The thing that I was going to say is that very obviously, with a bullet, number one uh, red flag for Adrian is that he doesn't have a bed frame. Mm-hmm. I meant to. I thought I bought it, and then it just wasn't in the budget. <laughs> and you know what? It hasn't been in the budget since then. Uh, 28 years old, still a mattress on the floor guy. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think it. 
but that's that's the truth. I guess like a type of person who would describe too many things as adulting or too difficult for them because they're just like ditzy it would be a red flag for mm. me. Like if they were too much of the type of like, huh? I don't know how to do my own laundry. I'm just such a Zoe Deschanel. I'd be like, okay, that's that's not good. Because mm. both of us don't know how to do laundry now. Now all of our clothes are dirty all the time. I need somebody to do my laundry is what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, do you have any like fashion things like Dorley had? Fashion. No, I don't think there's any sort of fashion thing. That'd be a red flag for me. I'm pretty okay with most styles. Mm. I think they could dress anywhere from basic to incredibly adventurous, and I would think it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, cool. Anything else to say, or do you have any uh, meta meta commentary about the idea of red flags? Uh, I guess that could be one of my red flags, though. I do dress very, like, I dress very un, very quiet, like, very unassuming. Uh, so maybe if somebody wants, like, a fashion boy, maybe they'd be like, uh, my red flag is a guy who just buys, like, Marshall's tees. You're like a David Mitchell. Is that a David Mitchell thing? There is the one famous Would I Lie to You clip where uh, it was like, I dress unremarkable, but not so unremarkable that it becomes remarkable <laughs> that I'm so unremarkable in <laughs> how I dress. <laughs> I think I'm somewhat like that. Yeah, like I just wear jeans and relatively like basic tees that don't have like too much going on. Mm. Comfortable shoes. Here I am with my fucking Loteria t-shirt. But comfortable shoes is the type of thing where guys will make that like a personality point. Like, I don't care about fashionable shoes. I only wear shoes for comfort. Like, a kind of like the girl who doesn't like to go party but likes to stay in. It's like one of those like double bluffs that they, you know, people are think it's cooler than the. You're always trying to call people on their double bluffs, Paul. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to get to poker, man. You know that. Mm. Oh, should we talk about green flags? Yeah. Hot. Big old titties. <laughs> we both went for the same joke. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Should we get into columns? We're getting to about that time. All right. Yeah. Nothing on green flags? I mean, this episode isn't about green flags. Okay. That makes sense. This is Slade's Dear Prudence. And I want you to guess what the drink is at this column. Because when I read the title to this column. I So many things ran Should through my mind. Title? Help. I set up a coworker and a friend on a blind date. Her drink order ruined everything. In my mind, so many set things ran through it. Like I was like, oh, did she not order a fancy enough wine and this guy's a dick? Or did she order a whiskey? Mm. He's like, that's too masculine. Or did she order a white claw and he thought she was too basic? I didn't guess what she ordered. That ruins the mood. So I want to know but if you can alcohol, guess. it is alcohol, right? I want to know if you can guess. It is alcohol, though? I'm not I'm not giving you any extra info. Okay. Um, her drink ruin, but because like my first thought would it be like like a too complicated coffee drink? But if they're at a bar, that's a stupid guess. Um, uh, do you think he's gonna be smugger than her or less smu- like you know like do you think it's like oh white claw too basic or do you think it's oh she ordered something too ho- ho- hoity toity or too masculine or I think it's going to be middle of the summer and she ordered a hot chocolate. And he's going to be <laughs> like, I don't chocolate. understand how this person's brain works. <laughs> That's a good guess. A hot chocolate. Right. Because I did not see this coming. And <laughs> the audience, please take your guesses right now. In three, two, one. Send them in with a five star review. Dear Prudence, I, a married woman, just set up a single male coworker and a single female friend of mine on a blind date. 
He's a sharp guy who's traveled the world and knows all about fine foods, wines, classical music, designer labels, etc. And she's a stunningly beautiful and intelligent artist. I really thought they'd make a great couple. Immediately after their date, my friend saw it had gone well and was very excited. On Monday morning, I asked my coworker, and he said my friend was attractive and a nice person, but he wouldn't be asking her for a second date. My friend has been bewildered by her difficulty in finding a steady relationship, so I pressed him as to why. He told me that they went to a swanky bar, and she, wait for it, ordered a plain glass of milk. <laughs> he found this so clueless and childish that he couldn't imagine being with her. Now my friend is neither a big drinker nor a teetotaler. Just someone who's going to order what she wants without worrying about what others think. Should I tell her why she won't be hearing from this guy again so she can reconsider ordering milk on future dates? Should I tell him how ridiculous he is for judging someone for something so petty? Cool. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> I just did not see it coming. <laughs> milk. Yeah. I mean, I've told this story. I feel bad about it now, uh, about going to that Mongolian place, uh, Hoo Hot, next to the uh, movie theater in Irmo, and we're all getting our drinks, and it's a Mongolian barbecue restaurant, and there, the waitress is asking what we want to drink, and Justin's like, you guys have milk? <laughs> she was like, no. <laughs> Obviously not. We're a Mongolian restaurant. We have yak's milk. Yeah, exactly. We have fermented yak milk, and you're not old enough to buy it. <laughs> Okay, so we were you the the main inclination that it was a fancy boy was right. Yeah, but it's it's not him. I I'm kind of on his side. I I see why that's a red flag. Really? You think it's childish, or do you think it's just like clueless? Do you I agree with both parts? Clueless. I think if you ordered milk, you would have to make a bit out of it. I think it's okay to order milk, but you need to you need to bring attention to the fact that it's weird, and you know it's weird, or otherwise it seems like you're. But just what if she asks for it and like? What if she asks for it in like a shallow bowl and she has cat ears that she wears? And then she goes, Nya, and then licks it. <laughs> okay, well, that's a green flag. <laughs> yeah, see, all right. I didn't know I'm you were like, going to that. Natalie Wynn, get over here. I've been waiting for you, babe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have so many questions. Did she get the milk? I guess you have that as, a, as a, uh, an ingredient at a high end bar. I also want to know did she order multiple glasses of milk or. Did the they only have one it. drink? Well, I'm like, did she only have one drink? In which case, why'd she think the date went well if it only lasted for one drink? Mm. Or did she order multiple glasses of milk? In which case, that's even more insane. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> Just drinking two or three glasses of milk across like a two hour. <laughs> Just like a little, it's probably whole milk too, if it's a bar. I think that's the only thing they keep. She gets burpy towards the end. <laughs> I don't even get milk if I go out for, like, a breakfast meal. <laughs> I, I don't know. So your thoughts are she's a psycho? He's right? I don't think she's a psycho, but I I get why it's off-putting that somebody would do that and not, like, not explain their choice. Like, you know, do you think if she ordered a that... water or a tonic or a club soda, I'd be like, oh, she doesn't drink. Like, she's going for the non-alcoholic option. Milk yeah, is like she she's not like even going for the alcoholic option. She's just going for the weirdest thing you could possibly ask for. Do you think he should try and get her into white Russians? Ooh. That way she can drink milk and be sophisticated? Little Baileys and milk or whatever? I mean, even that would be kind of an odd choice for like a first date drink, but like less odd, I guess. Yeah. 
for a swanky new bar town. You think I think you should definitely tell your friend that it's odd to order milk at dates, but I guess that might make her... I guess it depends on, like, does your friend... You said she's beautiful, all these things about her. She's an artist. She's a free spirit. She's a beautiful artist. She's so successful, all these good things. If she's not, like, an incredibly insecure person, it's worth telling her. Maybe don't tell her if she seems like the type where it's gonna, like, humiliate her to know this guy said that, then live and let live. Mm-hmm. I think maybe... From how you described her, she's the type who could probably take that advice and, like, learn something from it without feeling too judged or belittled by knowing mm-hmm. that somebody said that about her. But, I mean, you don't know somebody's confidence level based on how beautiful they are, but yeah, this person knows their friends, so take that into account. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the issue with all advice columns, you don't, you know, always more info would be good. Do you think it is one of those things where he saw her order the milk and it was just like blinders to get to the end of the date like how how, like or i don't know how can the rest of it go well seemingly and then it's just like yeah the milk thing though can't get past it i mean uh, there's some people who can keep you know first dates are a lot of you know performance anyway i'm sure you can keep the performance going because it's the polite Mm. thing to do while thinking wow that's like a little bit odd i mean if the milk thing weirds you out you can still get to like the third or fourth date and get to the you know and then just ghoster well i didn't know you were a horrible mean guy adrian but okay yeah you could do that <laughs> i'm just saying it's an option mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean i see why he didn't because he's not a monster <laughs> casual sex is sinful i forgot about that well yes under the false pretense that you you are leading them on into thinking it's going to be a longer relationship yeah that is a very bad thing to do to somebody you don't have to do all that <laughs> You said it with the implicit implication that that's what you were doing. <laughs> no, I don't think I did. I think you just you, added you a included bunch of stuff to it. it. Uh, go with her for two or three dates and then ghost her. I think you. Uh, okay, we'll let the audience decide how evil you are from a scale yeah. of incredibly evil to even more evil than that. <laughs> I, I, judge, I think I think this case is <laughs> biased. <laughs> At least you'll know she has strong bones. <laughs> Bro, you don't gotta pay for any vitamin D pills. <laughs> yeah, we should make a full pros and cons list of this thing. Her you know? calcium is on point. Mm-hmm. Introduce her to your other friend, Jack Skellington. What is that part? <laughs> Wait, because her bones? Because her bones are good <laughs> from the calcium. <laughs> <laughs> introduce, introduce her. Is he an orthopedist? Is there any chance that he's a... <laughs> I mean... I was at a bar the other day, and they had milk-washed uh, punch as one of their things. I don't think that scratches the same itch as just a glass of milk, but I think there are ways around this. They're alcoholic drinks that contain milk. Or get a milkshake. Ooh, that actually would have made more sense. You could have gotten a milkshake. I was in that dynamic last night. After the comedy show, Spencer and I went out. He's not a drinker, so we went to the bar next door. He got a milkshake, and I got a Bud Light. <laughs> and because it was in the um, like Lavender District, or like the gay part of... Um, uh sacramento they did make sure to give us a milkshake with two straws because they just assumed that we'd be drinking it together (laughs) oh you and who me and spencer it's like a little 1950s couple did they do that thing where they gave you a little extra bit of milkshake in the thing they mixed it up in no i don't think i think they're not working on those margins i think they're real tight with the the amount of milkshake you get (laughs) bastards i know right i hate a milkshake scrooge i've been clear about this before all right, cool. Do you want to read the answer? Yeah. 
I firmly believe that if a man is really attracted to and interested in a woman, she should order a glass of French onion soup and he'd be fine with it. This was not the guy for your friend. She does things that he finds clueless and childish. She doesn't want to be in a relationship with someone who feels that way about her or someone who doesn't think her beauty and intelligence makes her clueless and childish behavior sort of charming. She should not hide who she is or what she likes on dates. The idea here is not to fake a personality so that she can be paired up with someone who you think is fit for her. It's to keep being herself until she comes across someone who is actually right for her. Wow, very different than my advice of of mold yourself to society's standards <laughs> of change yeah. who you are fundamentally. That makes sense. I mean, it was written by a woman, so... Yeah, I guess that kind of makes me feel bad about how hard I went in. But also, I feel like, no, you got to make a joke. You have to at least point out that you know it's weird. Or otherwise, it makes you seem like a very odd, unperceptive person. Just have to bring attention to it so it's not a weird elephant in the room that you did something completely abnormal. I, I think I have a greater tolerance for people acting a little bit different. I don't know. Uh, you're a quirk queen. You You love a quirky queen? Love a quirky queen. Man, I guess we all see how small-minded I am now. Yeah. I think the audience will decide. Mm. As long as it wasn't at a Mongolian restaurant, I wouldn't Remember when the audience said that you were really evil? Now I'm just thinking that our audience is small-minded and petty. Oh, damn. Okay, yeah. See, it's us against them. Uh, Let me grab a drink and we'll do your column. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So I think this is a new column... Uh, I think I only found them last week when I was looking for columns. This is uh, Ask Evie uh, from Evie Magazine. Um, I don't think there's an about page, so I don't really know who Evie is or what their qualifications are, but they seem like a cool person. What are you talking about? Evie is the person in that photo. Obviously, why else would they put that photo there? I think that's usually representing the person who's asking the question, not the person who's answering the question. All right. Ask Evie, I've lost a hundred pounds over the past year, and I need help navigating the dating world again. Reader's question, over the past year, I've lost a hundred pounds and gone from a size 20 to 22 to a size 10, purely through diet and exercise, no meds or surgery. I am 5'10", currently about 26% body fat. I still have a bit further to go, but fitness is now a big part of my life, and I am very proactive about tracking calories and workouts. I haven't had sugar since July 2022, and I'm still relatively low carb. No bread, pasta, etc. Most significantly, I have done a lot of prayer journaling exercises, working through some of the shaming and emotional issues that were keeping me trapped in a binge eating yo-yo cycle. Everyone who knows me says I seem happier and more vibrant and more confident. I started online dating at the 85 pound weight loss mark, but updated my profile pics a couple weeks ago, even updating after... Even updating after a 15-pound weight loss, it's remarkable how much more interest I receive. I'm trying to process everything psychologically and and would appreciate input. One, it's hard to take a guy seriously when he compliments my appearance on a date. I'm still fixated on the places I'm still working on. Upper arm jiggle, thighs slash butt, etc. It's hard to feel like someone is sincere. Two, how do I trust that someone is into more than just my body? It's hard not to be cynical about men being shallow, although I get that being mad at millions of years of evolutionary biology isn't very productive. 3. I'm still pretty neurotic about ordering food and usually give a disclaimer that I'm probably going to sound a little weird about stuff on the side, substitutes, etc. I try not to go full-on Sally in When Harry Met Sally, but I know being high-maintenance is a turnoff. This makes me nervous, and I turn down... 
and I turned down stuff like getting ice cream as we walked back from dinner. How soon is it okay to get into more detail about my journey? I know that kind of history is a big red flag for many guys because of the probability of regain, but I'm also really proud of what I've accomplished and feel like the past year has shaped me in a way far beyond the physical, but I tend not to go there. Alright, four very clear questions. Yeah. I didn't know that, uh, just off rip from the theme, I didn't know that losing weight was considered a red flag. When does she say that others might consider it a red flag? Paul, I'm telling you, we gotta start doing silent readings by ourselves. Uh, well, that was you, question you sent me a website that I had to make a profile to use. So yes, I didn't get onto it till like you told a me. little Just, bit into it. Gadrian, give me a second. <laughs> but I've, it's okay, in question so, four. Um, but she said because of the probability of regain, she's worried that guys will consider it a red flag because she might look different. Yeah, I think that's fucked up. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Number two, her point number two, how do I trust that someone is into more than just my body? It's an age-old question. I feel like that's, I mean, you can't tell somebody they're being neurotic and just expect them to stop self-assessing based on, like, what they care about. But, like, everybody gets judged on what they look like. So the fact, it's unfair. It, it's definitely unfair that when you were overweight, it probably felt like dating was really hard. Or that you weren't getting a lot of attention, and it probably feels even like it, it's probably hard not to feel bitter now that you're like more attractive and you're getting more attention because it's like all those people. It's like, oh, okay, you, oh, now you're interested. But it's like everybody gets judged on how they look. I think you just got to put that out of mind. It's probably tough. I understand where that bitter feeling comes from, but like, I don't think there's much to do about it than just accept that everybody kind of brings attractiveness into it when they're swiping on a dating profile and yeah Yeah, it's not fair fair that it's not fair that less attractive people are less likely to find love but i I mean that's just not a thing that's worth being bitter about or fixating on just kind of got to move on from that okay that's number two taken care of easy peasy uh the neurotic about ordering food i don't know that one it's like it's something you're doing to stay healthy like maybe it's just like that's a self-filtering process, if that's something... Oh, yeah. I yeah. was going to say filter. Like, as long as you're not impl- annoying the employees too much, I don't think it's wrong to have specific orders, but, like, if a guy isn't okay with that, then I think it's okay that, like, maybe it's just you two aren't meant to go on a lot of dates together. Like, I think that's an okay filter to have between two people. It could also be, like, a timing thing. Like, you could make the first few dates not food-centric, which is kind of hard, because it's usually yeah. a part of dates. Uh, you kind of leave that for a little bit but later. But non-food Cedric ones are usually drinking dates, which is also caloric. So maybe they would have to do coffee dates or something where she could. Yeah, well, like a walking around the park type thing. Or, uh, you know, I usually take people skydiving or like uh, to the zoo or. <laughs> oh, uh, to go climbing. <laughs> something uh, fun like that. Yeah. Walking around the park. She's going to end up dating broke boys, Adrian. Is that what you want for her? That's true. You got to filter them out that way, too. <laughs> um Go to a park where parking is really expensive. The other thing I was going to say is, uh, have you watched When Harry Met Sally? Do you know what she's referencing about being high maintenance? I have watched it. And yes, that is like a thing from it where he's like, you know, he makes fun of her for it. Oh, okay. And he's like, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> no, that's not what he said. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? Luke, I'm your father. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend, and he pulls out his tiny penis. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. 
Um, I don't know nothing about raising no baby. I'm just I'm seeing Mr. Ijanet's who t- 250 most famous movie quotes poster in my head right now. Shout out to Mr. Ijanet, such an idealist at such a shit school that seemed like it was beating him down. <laughs> uh, I was part of his film club, but I, I didn't really I never took a class with him. Um, the other thing I was going to say was uh, as a type one diabetic and someone who's like very big on making sure people hear me say diet when I like ask for a drink or something like that. It's not really, it doesn't really do that much, really. It's not like that hard of a thing to negotiate. I will tell a quick story about finding a dive bar that was so dive recently that they literally didn't have diet soda. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> he literally poured me a double pouring of like uh, liquor and like not only to give me the wrong one because he wasn't really paying attention. Um, it's like a pint glass, three fourths full of liquor because they do like big pours, right? That's the point of like uh, dive bars like that. And I was like, yeah, it's like a diet soda. And he was like, oh, we don't do that here. I got a diet Red Bull if you want to do that. And I was like, I guess just splash a little bit of Coke on there, brother. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm going to do about this. Um, yeah, I didn't know you could be such a dive bar that you literally don't have diet soda. I think number four has to be another self-filtering one, too. Like, if the guy is judging you because he thinks you might regain weight, is that somebody you want to be with? Like, that seems like a really judgmental person. Is this like, a good, I think it's all a good right. time to be manipulative? Like, should you show him a picture of you from a year ago and say that it's like your sister and just mm. see how he reacts? Oh, and then you can filter out the people who wouldn't have liked you back then. So then mm. you don't have to be bitter about the fact that they wouldn't have dated you back then. Perfect. Always go on the first date in a fat suit and like a <laughs> perfect <laughs> recreation of what your face would have looked like a year ago. That way, I just want to know you didn't like me for my body, but you like me for me. You like me for me. I wasn't even eating this mountain of donuts I ordered for dinner. I was stuffing it in the soup. I brought a salad. <laughs> I brought a bag salad that I've been secretly munching on. <laughs> oh, eat before the date. How did we not think about that? I think a lot of girls do that because of mm. like various like eating things they don't want to deal with on a date. But then you still have to do a non-eating date, or what do you mean? Like you just get like a you just get something like small, token? or you get like yeah, a yeah. token. Uh, thing mm. at the date. I have never done that before, but I have done a. Uh, well, no, we're dudes. <laughs> we get to do whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. Patriarchy, baby. <laughs> Did I ever tell you, uh, is he. Oh, tell your story first. Oh, mine was real quick. It's just basically like the whole thing where you go out to eat with someone on a date, you take the food to go, and then just immediately eat the rest of it when you get home because you're still hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't know why I ordered ribs. They were so sloppy. I only had one. <laughs> Too scared. <laughs> Had it with a fork and knife. It hurt, man. <laughs> now that I'm home, I can just dig in face on plate how I normally eat ribs. No hands. <laughs> just <laughs> bobbing for apples. Um, on our first date, apparently Izzy didn't order. We went to a place that had uh, that had a vegetarian meat on the menu. They had uh, impossible gyro, like impossible beef Ooh. gyros. Yeah. Uh, and she didn't order that because... A couple days before, she'd been ma- made fun of for pronouncing Euro Gyro. And she was worried that she was going to mispronounce it again on the date. So she ordered a stuffed avocado. <laughs> and she always tells the story of how she was still hungry at the end of our first date. A stuffed avocado. Damn. That is, those aren't substitute goods. <laughs> uh, yeah, as Miss uh, as Miss Kennedy from high school, Mr. Ijanet's peer would say, those aren't elastic, pro- those aren't substitute goods, those aren't elastic substitute products <laughs> i think elasticity has to do with demand not about i know but elastic is such a better word 
you know, now you see what we have. He is a product with inelastic demand. Mm. <laughs> that quote is always going to stick with me from the wire. <laughs> um, oh shit, what was I going to say? Oh, so wait, she was like pretty heavy in the dating scene. If that happened like a couple days before she went on a date with you, she was, no, like, it happened with her roommate who made fun of her. Oh, okay. I thought you said it was on a previous date a couple days before. No, her roommate had made fun of her for how she pronounced Euro. Uh, and she said she was worried she wasn't going to pronounce it right again. Mm. I guess, I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought it was that weird. I think there's like a lot of like, it's one of those things where a lot of American cities pronounce it gyro and it seems like that's their right way of pronouncing it. Like, I feel like it'd be smug to tell like a Chicago guy who goes to the local, mm. like the local Euro spots like, oh, it's Euro, not gyro. Like, I feel like that's how they all say it there. Like, it'd be like... Gyro sounds different than anything I've ever heard. I think, is it Giro that people Giro use? Giro is yeah. what they say in Chicago. Say yeah. such a hard G. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's like a regional thing to me. Like, it doesn't matter if you pronounce it, like, the Greek way. I like how, going back to dudes rocking, she literally had the opposite thing of Ron DeSantis, where he's like... What is he? It was like a. Was it Thailand? He always talks. He always made sure to mispronounce Thailand, and it was a green flag if the woman didn't correct him because that means that she's subservient. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. He like like Izzy could have turned that into a situation to like check if you were cool or not, and instead she was like hiding from the world. <laughs> I I really think it, to me it feels like a regional thing. It doesn't feel embarrassing to say gyro or gyro. Uh, I think it's one of those things that you learn and you're at some point in your life and some people do and some people don't. And I think what I would do is I would not say anything at the moment, but I would track down the waiter later just to be like, hey, I want to let you know I know how to pronounce this, even if she doesn't know how to pronounce it. I know this. she doesn't know how to pronounce it, but like that was really embarrassing and I just want you to know that I, I was embarrassed know. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone overheard, like, I just want you to know, like, I know how it's pronounced. And, like, if you went to the back of house and told all the other, like, people working dish or chefs or anything about that to make fun of us, like, make sure to just go back and correct them and let them know I know how to pronounce, you know, like, I just that, don't that want them to a, I don't be, like, a misunderstanding. sketch right there. <laughs> I just want to let you know I know what, what it was. <laughs> I didn't order it because I'm not vegetarian, but, like... You know, it's cool you guys have it on the menu, but I just want to, you know, I would have been able to pronounce it. Well, they also have a regular <laughs> Euro, Gyro, Gyro. <laughs> it's um, okay, have we, we've tackled three of the problems, right? Do we uh, still have one left? I think the first one's about taking compliments, which I've also been on record as being very bad about. First, or last two, we said, we said, uh, let that Filters. be a, a self-serving filter. Um... And you should feel proud, by the way, but don't be so weird about the whole, like, I did it without medication or whatever. That's a weird thing to, like, feel extra proud about. Yeah. As as we said in our Ozempic episode. Uh, number one was, that just sounds like insecurity. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe that's a thing worth going to therapy for. That's like a concrete goal you could work on. I feel like I'm mm -hmm. still not as, I still don't feel comfortable in my body despite these gains I've made. Like, you probably want to figure that out. Um. Mm. Number two is, yeah, I think, uh, like, the number two was how do I trust that someone is into more than just my body? Everybody filters people's based on attractiveness. Don't let yourself get stuck bad, like, thought spiral about that, because I everybody mean, you else could also, you could also go on to that, you could go on to that reality TV show where they, like, make you talk to each other through a wall. Mm, love it. Sign blind. up for that show. Or the one where they make you dress up like devil people that Netflix tried to that do. That was the other one I was thinking about. Yeah. 
monstrous love. I don't actually know. I'm sure it, you know what? If we sat here for five minutes, we could come up with what the name of that show is. Just through <laughs> we derivation. could come up with better names. <laughs> I mean, I agree with she almost knows how absurd number two is because she ends it with. It's hard not to be cynical about men being shallow, although I get that being mad at millions of years of evolutionary biology isn't productive. I would say, is it just men? Like, everybody dates people they find attractive and swipe some people they yeah. find attractive. Like, it's like you're being cynical about, like, just a very basic human function. Like, don't let yourself get into a bad, bad thought spiral about this. Put it out of mind. I would say it would have been really cool if she had said thousands years of evolutionary biology, and so she was a creationist who also believed in evolution. <laughs> when God made us in his image, we weren't that judgmental, but then over 6,000 years 6, since years. then, we've evolved to be like real bitchy about how people yeah. look. Yeah. All right, knocking them down. Three. Uh, I think we already said three and four are uh, filters. Yeah. Like, All right. If he doesn't like how you order food, maybe it's not meant to be, and four is like... If he thinks it's a red flag that you used to weigh more because you might weigh more in the future, filter. That sounds like a shitty person. You're good. You don't need him. Yeah, I would say the other thing is um, you can maybe at a certain point start doing a more partnery. Like, okay, like the other day I was at a bar and I saw a, a couple at this b- burger joint. They both got a burger with a side salad. But they shared a plate of curly fries in the middle. And I was like, mm. oh, that's a very reasonable. Like, if I had a partner to go eat food with, that's a great way to go do that. Which is the main reason that you would consider ever dating somebody. Is yeah. for the economic benefit on meal times. That's why I like hanging out with Spencer. I got to try a little bit of his catfish. I did do it in front of the waiter. And I was like, oh, God, he's going to think I'm going to die because I'm trying the fried catfish. But <laughs> this seems like a really stressful <laughs> experience. I think it was stressful for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> the waiter was at the back with his EpiPen, like, I'm I'm going to be a hero today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I forgot to even say that, I guess I didn't review the whole meal, but uh, we started off with this, like, grilled brie with, like, garlic toast thing with, like, a mixed berry jam. God damn, dude, that was one of the best bites of food I had that whole night. So, Spencer was being really brave, or wh- why order the catfish? Like, that just, like, he thought, like, this place... I mean, you order catfish from places that, like, can really make a catfish. Like, he just had confidence in them? Yeah, it was a southern restaurant. It was the porch, maybe. Yeah. They even did that thing where they put a single flower in an empty bourbon bottle at every table. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> yeah, I pointed it out. I was like, they're really trying hard to make it seem like they're, like, actual southern or something like that. <laughs> I was going to say, did you do that thing where you're like, well, in the south, this is how we really do it. As somebody who grew up in the south... Brother, I ordered a soy riso black bean burger. I didn't really have strong opinions about how we do things in the South. <laughs> Did you try to? <laughs> I, I took umbrage with the fact that they gave it to me on two pieces of toast and not like a bun of some sort. And I was like, okay, this, this is ridiculous. This is it's such a pretentious attempt to seem down to earth. Mm-hmm. I like how you can get white bread next to barbecue in two ways. One is like, oh, yeah, this is a regular barbecue place. And one is, fuck this pretentious ass barbecue place giving me two pieces of white bread. <laughs> and, and the, the white bread is not different in either case. It's just yeah, yeah. the energy. Shout out to the Warmouth, where I, I remember we went there for a birthday dinner. Beloved place now. We've done comedy shows there. We've hung out there before comedy shows. Um, Sent a picture to my brother at my birthday dinner. And he was like, I love the ironic white toast right there. <laughs> It is crazy how you can tell which one is ironic, which, like, just piece of white bread is ironic versus not ironic. Yeah. It's sad for the white bread, because they don't really get a choice. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good metaphor for how white men have it in this country. 
they're judged as having privilege no matter what sort of Theo Vaughn. I don't have no sort of privilege. Poor rich Southern boy they were. North of Richmond. All right. You want to hear the answer? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Evie's advice. First of all, congratulations on such a massive achievement. You should be proud of your success. That speaks volumes about your character, your discipline, and your commitment to your health. It's a fairly normal feminine experience, regardless of weight, for women to have a hard time accepting and believing compliments. We all have at least one part of our body that we don't like, and we often have a hard time allowing someone else's positive words to get past that wall of dislike we've built up. But humans are also pretty good at judging someone's sincerity. If a random woman in the grocery store passed you and said, you look so pretty in that color, you would be flattered. She had no reason to go out of her way to say that to you unless it were true. Untrue, she could be doing the Drake and Josh method where Josh learns, uh... The way to flirt is to compliment somebody and then not say anything afterwards. Mm, I haven't ever watched that show, but I bet that was a funny episode. Yeah. Or was that like a multi-season arc? No, it was uh, one episode where Drake and Josh have a competition to see who can get the most girls' numbers. And uh, Josh's mom teaches him, go compliment a girl and then just don't say anything else afterwards. And when they realize you're not trying to flirt with them, they'll start flirting with you. And Drake just checks the phone book? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but in the context of a date, we can understand you were, you wondering if the guy is just saying it because it's what you say on a date, or if it's true. Most likely, it's true. He's not getting anything out of lying about it. We might not want to accept it because of our own internal narratives or dislike, but that's separate from his sincerity. However, sometimes it takes us getting to know someone and hearing these positive comments repeatedly over time to allow ourselves to accept them as true and believe them. This ties into your second concern. Yes, it's largely true that men are initially more attracted to your physical appearance. That's usually the aspect that first catches their eye. But in a high value... Ooh, but a high-value man will be interested more in than just your outward beauty. Red flag? Ooh, red flag. High-value man. She might as well start complaining about pick-me's ruining the dating pool for all the high-value women. You can figure out if a man is just interested in your body or in all of you over time. This part does take some time and investment, but if you are intentional about getting to know each other and if you hold up if you uphold sexual boundaries and discipline, you will find out fairly quickly if he's just interested in you for sex or if he's interested in you. Don't characterize your health journey as a red flag in your mind, but rather as a triumph and proof that you are an incredibly strong-willed, disciplined person. In terms of ordering food that is suitable for you, there will always be a way to be charming, cute, and funny about your quirks. Don't own it as something high-maintenance. If you're not high-maintenance, you don't need to try to prove that you're not. A guy who really likes you for who you are is go- isn't going to be fixated on the way that you order food at a restaurant. He may even find it attractive that you know what you want and that you're not afraid to outright ask for it. In a polite way, of course. Could you imagine if she dated someone really old school and he tried to order for her? <laughs> yeah, but that guy always orders a salad for the lady, so maybe she'd be okay with it. Dressing on the side, no croutons. No cr- oh, yeah, yeah, he's not going to ask for all that. Uh, and if you're skipping out on ice cream or dessert during a date, he might he might admire your discipline and commitment to achieving your goals, especially if you've discussed your health journey with him. If you're worried about these things not aligning with the man you're out with, maybe that's your cue to seek out a different man who has similar interests as you and is committing to and is committed to bettering or maintaining his own health. You can add a line or two about health about health being a priority for you or the types of workouts you enjoy in your dating profile to attract this kind of man. You may even meet him out in the wild if you're making yourself available during fitness classes at the gym or even engaging in some back and forth on a Facebook group dedicated to your specific diet or lifestyle. And lastly, you know in your heart when it's a good time to share more of your story. 
Don't characterize it as a red flag in your mind, because then it will come off as a red flag when you talk about it with him, but rather as a triumphant proof that you are an incredibly strong-willed, disciplined person who has achieved something that very few people on earth have been able to do. Believe that in your mind, believe that in your mind, and it will come through in your words. From Evie. All right. Cool. Honestly, did not really care for that advice. Oh, really? I thought it was all pretty, uh... It was basic. Like, I just mean as far as, like, interesting or profound. It was just, like, what it was. Hey, not everybody can be Ola Poppy, baby. All right, Adrian. Talking about red flags. Famously, one of the fellas with the most red flags is beloved comedian Jerry Seinfeld. Or at least his character of Jerry in the hit TV show, Seinfeld. Yeah, old Jerry not as good. (laughs) Old Jerry not as good. He's mostly complaining about queer monarchy for some reason. But we're going to explore a list of a list from Cracked of the 37. What a topical news outlet that we're bringing in. <laughs> this is a 2023 article from Cracked. Thank you is very much. Is it still much. around? Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> this who's is, getting, who's, who are the paid staff writers at Cracked right now? All the reasons Jerry dumped a woman ranked by pettiness. So I guess throughout the run of the show, he dumped 38 women. Wait, I'm sorry. That actually kind of blew my mind. I remember when I was in high school, I was like, I would write for Cracked if I could, if like as a job when I get older. And it's like, I, I could have done that. I could have gotten paid. Yeah, you were to like make top 10 articles. crazy Batman theories that we found on yeah. Reddit. I could write that what, article. What was the bullshit that I used to read from Cracked in high school? Because I did enjoy part of what they were doing back then. I, I did like their years. listicles. Yeah. yeah, when I was like in early yeah, yeah. high school, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's very, like, a very youth humor, like a very our generation sort of site. Mm, you kids wouldn't understand it. All you Gen Zers listening. All right, so these are ranked in reverse order by pettiness. So the top one is a very not petty reason. Uh, number 38. As judged him, by Cracked. As judged by Cracked. Uh, we have Bess, played by Deborah Messing from the episode Yada Yada. Reason, he dumped her because she's racist. Wait, that was Deborah Messing who was in the Yada Yada episode who was racist? Yeah. Damn, shout out uh, Will and Grace. Um, did they give a description of what happened? I don't remember what happened in that episode. I think she like keeps saying racist things and he thinks it's a joke. I can't remember. Uh, hmm. Let me play a clip. Oh, she. I remember that. She tells an anti-Semitic joke, but one second for me to hmm. hear what it is. Okay, the episode ends with her telling him a joke. So it's literally the last sentence of the episode. And it's her going, uh... It's her... I think she told, like, anti-Semitic jokes about, like, Jewish doctors and stuff before. But, like, he was like, oh, maybe it's just, like, her sense of humor. And the episode ends with her going, what do you call a doctor who can't make it in med school? A dentist. And he laughs and Then she's like, yeah, who needs dentists? Not to mention the blacks and the Jews. And then... Title screen. <laughs> Credits roll. She's an, anti- she's an anti-dentite. Um, that's so funny. Shout out Woke Queen Deborah Messing. Oh, that was the episode. Was it that she was being accused of being an anti-dentite the whole episode? No, that was no, when Brian Jerry. Cranston wants to become Jewish. Oh. I think. All right, I'll, I'll agree with that. That's a red flag. Oh, is that, is that what we're doing? Um, yeah, red flag. Yeah, I put it out, I put it out there. I do like how... Uh, especially, you know, you usually get the sense of it pretty quickly in a dating profile, but uh, the commonality thing of, like, no ex-military, no cops on a lot of uh, people's uh, Bumble. Green flag. Eh, kind of a weird thing to put on your profile instead of just 
have it in your head. You don't want it like sprung on you. I mean, not everyone puts their job or their ex-military status on their profile. I guess. Seems like an odd detail to bother putting on. I think it's a pretty useful signal. I also wouldn't want to date a warlord or something, but I, I, I don't like bother. You, you encounter a lot of those? Pretty common problem. You I have haven't always dated a lot of cops. That's not a problem I've had either. Have you? <laughs> Is this a big problem? I think women probably have this issue more. I think there are more men in the police force. I think, honestly, you're being weirdly misogynistic in the way that you're judging people for this. Uh, number two is... Do you have anything uh, to say about that? <laughs> no. Number uh, number 37, second least petty reason is Elaine, and uh, because they fought too much. Yeah. yeah. Not much to say about that. That's a red flag. If you're fighting too much, red flag, ladies. Yeah. That's probably something where one of my red flags is I have a very low tolerance for fighting. I think a therapist would probably say, like, it's normal to fight every now and then. And I'm like, nah, I like when it's, like, zero conflict for the first two years of a relationship. <laughs> Uh, same. Uh, 36 is Jenny, played by Janine Garofalo. Shout out to a woke queen. Uh, big Janine fan here. Uh, because they both hated each other. Is this the one where she, she just, he just says it's over and she goes, yeah, and she walks away and Elaine doesn't believe that it was mutual? I think that might be, uh... Yeah, red flag. To hate somebody? Yeah. 34, Margaret, played by Marita... Is Merida a name? I've never heard that. Merida Garrity. Merida? Uh, no, Garrity. The Big Salad. She used to date Newman. Ooh, yeah, no, I get that. I've definitely judged girls because their ex kind of grossed me out, and I was like, wait, that puts me in his league? Nah. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's maybe one of the stupidest things that my brain does, but I am a big, like, oh, now that changes it for me. Yeah. Um... I think it is true that that is very petty, but it is one of those, like, inescapable mental things. I have to imagine it was one of those things, too, where, like, he learned about it, and he found out that, like, Newman broke up with her. <laughs> and that was, like, the final straw, where he was like, no, can't do it. <laughs> that does seem like the twist they would write into the episode. Yeah. Uh, 33, Abby, played by AJ Langer, uh, from the episode The Fatigues. She made George her mentor. I remember this episode. What type of person would have George as her mentor? <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's a very specific red flag. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. What if your girlfriend picked me as her mentor? What if I introduced you to one of my friends and then you found out at work that she really looked up with me, to me? Would you be like, that's, that's a little weird. She can't look up to Paul. At, at your job? I, I mean, you're reading textbooks. You're... Uh... You're an accomplished uh, person at your job. I think it's fine. Okay. I wouldn't date somebody who looked up to you. Okay. Sorry, Marshall. You ain't ever getting in my bed. <laughs> Damn shame. Marshall is in tears right now after hearing that. <laughs> uh, Liesel, played by Julia Campbell uh, from the Frogger episode. Okay, uh, she's I remember a the B plot to this one. She's a, yeah, where George doesn't want to lose his high score. Yeah. Uh, so he has to get the machine across the street in 30 seconds. Um, she's a sentence finisher. Um, ooh, it does help being able to see the, um, the, the women and being able to uh, judge how much I would weigh this as a red flag or not. <laughs> she is really cute in this picture. So, uh, I mean, that would definitely yeah. play against her, it being a red flag. But a sentence finisher. But also, that's a really cute way to sit, so I don't know if that's yeah. really uh, affecting my judgment of her attractiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't actually know if I resonate with this at all, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think I'd bother me. I don't know if it wouldn't bother me. I just don't know if I resonate with it. Also, being a thing I've experienced before. I mean, how much effort am I putting into finishing my own sentences? If somebody else is doing it for me, that's just upping. Honestly, it would be a net benefit for you, Paul. (laughs) It would specifically be a net benefit for you. (laughs) Rude. But yes, I get it. I am very. Uh, You'd be like, can I get a sandwich with the, uh, with the, um, the thing with the, uh, you know, like the, uh, and she'd be like bean sprouts, and the guy would be like, how did you know that? <laughs> he didn't give you any information <laughs> on what he was saying. Uh, what is wrong with my word recall ability? Should I go see a neurologist? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, Donna Chang from the episode titled "The Chinese Woman." <laughs> Jesus Ooh. Christ. Uh, uh, oh, she liked being mistaken for Chinese because of her last name. On the phone, she would introduce herself as Donna Chang. Mm. Uh, yeah. A, yeah. a race faker? I think that's a red well, flag. I mean, conservatives, get ready to be mad. I think if it was an Asian person pretending to be white or trying to white pass or something, I'd maybe have more sympathy for it. But a white person is like, ooh, I like that people think I'm a spicy Chinese or whatever. <laughs> That's that's gross. Uh, we have Cindy, played by Angela Featherstone. Angela from the, Featherstone. Angela Featherstone? From the episodes of Made. Oh, this is uh, a late one. Oh, because she stopped, because she was his maid and stopped cleaning his place when they started dating, but continued to take his money. I remember this episode, yeah. Another one that's so specific, I don't know if I could consider it a red flag, but yes. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to hire a maid from my one-bedroom apartment in New York. (laughs) That is insane that that was the concept (laughs) of that episode, (laughs) that he needed a maid to come presumably, like, weekly? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How dirty was he making his place? Well, it was mostly Kramer. That's a red flag. If you're with somebody who hires a maid for a (laughs) one-bedroom... Um. Uh, next up, we have Donna, played by Gretchen German from the episode "The Phone Message." Uh, she liked the commercial that Jerry didn't like. That was pretty petty. I think we're getting yeah. into good territory right now. I think uh, that's not a red flag to me. We're getting into the hilariously petty Jerry section. Uh, next up, we have uh, Jessica Lundy playing Naomi from the Bubble Boy episode. Uh, she had an annoying laugh. Ooh, that one's less petty to me. <laughs> I was going to say valid. There's some validity there. Although as somebody with an annoying laugh, I do think it's problematic to judge somebody <laughs> for that. The writer tries to cover it up by saying, I've done this too, but when I was younger in my 20s, but like, I don't know. I kind of get it. You have to listen to that laugh for your entire life. Can you imagine dating Jimmy Carr? Talking about the hypocrisy of that, as <laughs> me as somebody with an annoying <laughs> laugh, it does remind me of the episode where... George is a hypocrite because he won't date a bald lady, despite the fact yeah, that he's yeah. bald. I think I have that same hypocrisy. <laughs> um, Wait, you wouldn't date? I feel like a lot of like alternative alternative women look really good bald. Actually, you're right. I totally would. Now that I thought about it a little bit more, I would totally date a bald woman. Dolores. Uh, Suzanne Walters from the Junior Mint episode. He couldn't remember her name. <laughs> Wait, does she have a canonical name? Is that what it is? Yeah, well... I think that's what everybody guessed. Oh, no, at the end, because it's like, remember, at one point, she says 
oh yeah, you know kids can be cruel because they my name rhymed with a part of the female anatomy, so I was bullied yeah. for it. So he thinks it's Mulva. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's Dolores because it rhymes with clitoris, and I think that's like the pre-credits role is oh, her going- Oh, clitoris, Dolores. Oh, I see. It's, my name is Dolores, and he that's goes, Dolores! Dolores. <laughs> um, Speaking of big I mean, names, bad names. I feel like this was more one where she broke up with him. I don't know if that's Jerry. Yeah. I don't think he was the one- Making the decision there. Uh, number 14, I'm going to skip unless you remember it. She's Two-Face no. Gwen, played by Karen Feynman. Oh, it was like in certain lighting she looked good, in certain lighting she looked bad. Oh, that type of Two-Face. Yeah, boring. I don't know. Boring. If you're not attracted, whatever. Jenna, from played by Kirsten Davis from the episode The Pothole. She got soaked in toilet water. Oh, I remember this. Uh, yeah, very petty. <laughs> you could definitely take a yeah. shower and clean that off. No, forever unclean. <laughs> forever unclean. Uh, Janice, played by Adelaide Miller from the episode The Understudy. She I cried too this much one. Yeah, when she yeah, drops her hot one. dog. I think this one hits home for Paul. I mean, you've said it before, too, that you don't like when white women weaponize their tears. I think people who are too quick to tears, for me, it feels like a very dramatic moment when somebody's crying. So if the mm. other person is very quick to tears... It throws me off because I feel like it's the end of the world. And to them, it's something they do constantly. And it's just like mm -hmm. a weird emotional imbalance. Okay. All right. I don't know. What do you think? It's a red flag. I get it. I don't think it's like bad when people cry to movies or stuff like I don't know. Uh, Sarah, played by Marsha Cross from the episode The Slicer. Jerry felt that her referring to herself as a lifesaver was self-important because she's only a dermatologist. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um, that's kind of cool. <laughs> this one is also one where it has like a, like a last minute like he's once he realizes skin cancer, he feels like he's at the wrong. He's like, "When do you save a life?" And she's like, uh, "Skin cancer." He's like, "Skin cancer." Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you were dating a chiropractor and they called themselves a lifesaver. Sure, but I think the joke in this episode was that Jerry ends up being the ass because she does actually save lives. Like, he ends up, like, the whole episode he's obsessed over it. He's like, oh, what, you remove moles? That's funny. Um, Melanie, played by Athena Macy from the episode The Engagement. She eats her peas one at a time. So when we first talked about this, I automatically assumed this was number one. That's the classic Seinfeld joke. I don't know where we're going from here, but yeah, obviously this one's <laughs> not a red flag at all. I mean, I think they reference it in other episodes of Seinfeld, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, it's just like classic flooding lunch. She eats her peas one at a time. Uh, Valerie, played by Lauren Graham from the episodes of Millennium. She put him too low on her speed dial. <laughs> no, peas is worse. <laughs> What were the ones, this one was like, it was like her granny was before, I forget what, it was like her grandmother. Uh, her mailman, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, with the, I think they're making a good point here with the reasoning. With the amount of casualness that Jerry brings to relationships, I don't think you can expect anything more than this. <laughs> yeah, that is really funny. Like, he, we've gone through a list of like, so many people at this point. He had a girlfriend in the episode. Why would he expect her to take him so seriously? Yeah. Uh, Katya, played by Alina Lowenson, 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 played by Alina Lowenson from The Gymnast. 
Because she's a gymnast, Jerry expected the sex to be incredible, but it was very normal. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. It's fucked up that he held her to some sort of weird standard, but I guess bad sex is a reason to break up with somebody? No, it was just normal, not bad. Oh, gotcha. Are you saying that normal sex for you is bad? (laughs) Not trying to do some gotcha, just trying to ask. No, I'm saying I'd like to have sex with baddies, Adrian. Keep up. Ooh, eh. Uh, Seinfeld really is a show where, like, Jerry's a pretty attractive guy, but, like, as far as things are considered, like, you know, a solid six to seven, but he really put himself with a lot of tens. Yeah. Wait, you think Katya? casting. What? You big fan of Katya? You don't think she's attractive in this? I guess maybe I it's because she's biting her lower really lip in this picture, me. and that's just, like, uh, that's a real I think it's usually, like a, like, a hot thing to do, but yeah, I, I think the bangs don't really do it for me. Oh, really? I like her eyebrows a lot. I think she's got good eyebrows. Good eyebrows? Okay, now I know what Paul's looking for. Oh. Uh, He's always, like, catcalling women at construction sites, being like, hey, girl, let me see them eyebrows. And the bob is cute. Wiggle I don't know. I think she's really me. attractive. Yeah, that's crazy to me that you're not that oh, into interesting. it. Yeah. Uh, at number five, we have Tawny, uh, played by Kimberly Campbell from the episode The Converse- Conversion. Uh, he found fungicide in her medicine cabinet. This is definitely... Obviously, way less petty than eating peas one at a time. <laughs> How is this is number five? I don't, I don't know. know. The person has fungus. Yeah. So, wait. That's worse than the peas? Yeah. I don't know about that. That seems kind of messed up. I don't know. Somebody having fungus is kind of nasty. She could have at one point, and now it's treated, and she just has the medicine in her cabinet. Mm. Or she's got some sort of nasty disease. I wish I had more context for this one, and I wish I remembered more about this one. I think this one's pretty bad. I think it ends up being a family member, from what I remember. Okay. At number three, played by Kristen Bauer from the episode Bizarro Jerry. She had man hands. This feels transphobic. Shout out to all the people who point out that Megan Fox has, like, thumb, uh, toe thumbs or whatever (laughs) Mm -hmm. that they try to do to try and bring her down. Yeah, I've never thought a girl's hands woman's hands excuse me make or break somebody's attractiveness and i think that this along with like weird obsession about pelvic size and like uh like uh various other body parts are now like a transphobic call sign for like this is how you tell if somebody's trans you check this body part yeah, I think the fact that it's man hands is what's problematic. I've seen ugly hands before where I'm like, I don't really, I don't, I'm not attracted to a person's hands. I don't know if it'd be a make or break thing, but I have literally seen people's hands where I'm like, not yeah. a fan. Really? I don't resonate with that. Interesting. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, we have Melissa, played by Kathleen McLean, McKellen, played by Kathleen McKellen from The Apology. She walked around naked too much. I've I've been on record before. I've lived alone, and I read articles about the pros and cons of living alone. People said you can be naked all the time. Never appealed to me. Just was not something I wanted to do. I agree with that. It seems like something that's like more funny as like a quirky thing you pretend you enjoy. But that's and it's like I don't know. I don't want oil splattering on me while I cook. Like I want my uh, I, I want everything tucked in and kept and. I think it's one of those things where I think Jerry actually makes a good point in the episode that there are just certain things that look good while doing naked and certain things that don't. And like, you just don't want to have a partner who wants to do everything naked. I don't know. Yeah, no, I get that. I think this isn't that petty. It would kind of like... I would put that up way higher. 
Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess it would just make everything feel... It, it, it would make, like, casual things, like, oh, let's just cook a meal together, feel like, I don't know, it would really throw off the More vibe. dangerous? Yeah. yeah. But, like, even, like, oh, let's watch TV together. It'd throw off the vibe. It'd be odd. Yeah. Uh, number one, we have Ellen, played by Christine Taylor, from the episode Van Buren Boys, because she's a loser. This sounds like personal to the writer. Can you read the reasoning? She doesn't have any friends. Jordan Craig McCall are a loser. Or like out loud for the audience? Uh, she doesn't have any friends. George and Kramer call her a loser, but Jerry actually dumps Ellen because his parents approve of her. She's wonderful, and they have a great relationship. For Jerry, who's in his late 30s here, and the, well, I think this is Raskin's reasoning, so this is the reasoning of the article writer. He's saying that he didn't mm-hmm. really break up with her because she's a loser, according to George and Kramer. Yeah, this is an odd number one. I don't remember this episode, and I don't know why that would be the most petty thing. I mean, it's childish, and I guess they're pointing out how old he is, like, canonically at this point in the uh, series, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember this episode, but this is such a funny idea. The Van Buren boys are a gang, and Kramer accidentally flashes their gang sign the eight, because that's <laughs> Van Buren was the eighth president. <laughs> Man, Larry David was writing his ass off for this show. Yeah. I mean, I remember parts of, like, all of what they're talking about, but I don't remember this relationship. Uh, well, this one really petered out because we don't care much about, uh... Yeah, I really I really think... I don't know, maybe it's just the iconicness of it, but Peas is number one for me. Peas. We gotta go Peas. I mean, Paul, you said yourself, picky eaters. She's picking those off one by one. Mm-hmm. All right, Adrian. Big facts, no cap. Right. Let's get out of here. What do we Big today? fact. When it comes to red flags, when it comes to red flags, you got to be true with yourself and honest with your partner. Mm, no cap. You know, when you're when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. No, because some of them are like a deep red and some of them are like more like just slightly tinted rose-colored. Hey, Paul, you want to let me have this one? You want to let me quote BoJack Horseman in peace for one goddamn second? I'm sorry, you're right. I called you out the last time you said a Bojack Horseman quote. The last time you said a Bojack Horseman quote when you were like, I'm a sad horse. I'm a sad horse. Sad horses, salsa, horse tan. All right. And new ending music goes Goes here. here.